Hello everyone, Evangelist Jeremy Cook here, and I want to personally welcome you to the very first edition, the very first episode of New Season Ministries Podcast. This is a podcast, a spirit-filled podcast to help encourage, strengthen through the Word of God. And uh, I am very excited to be doing this podcast. It is something that the Lord has laid on my heart for quite some time to be able to do. And I am glad, I am excited, I am happy to finally be able to bring this to you today. And I am sitting in my office right now in Stanton, Kentucky uh, at Harvest Time Assembly. And we are really excited. My wife, Jessica, and I, we are the associate pastors here at Harvest Time Assembly. And we are very, very excited about all that God is doing, all that God is going to be doing um, we are also ev- full-time evangelists. We travel, we minister in various churches, camp meetings, conferences, and we're just excited about this. And I want to thank you for joining me on this very first podcast. This is going to be a weekly podcast. So right now, what I want you to do is I want you to hit that subscribe button, regardless of what device that you're listening to. This is streaming on various devices right now. I want you to hit that subscribe button that way so that every week this content can be downloaded directly into your device, whatever that you listen to your favorite podcast on. Listen to it. Uh, we don't We don't want you to miss an episode of New Season Ministries, and we hope that this is a blessing to you. I want to get right into the Word of the Lord. I want to get right into what God has laid on my heart for this uh, for this initial broadcast. I hear a lot of people, a lot of people talk about a need for revival. A lot of people talk about that they want to experience revival. I hear a lot of people talk about the revivals of the past. We hear about Azusa Street. We hear about the great moves of God. We hear about things like the Brownsville revival that happened in Pensacola, Florida many years ago. And the question remains, can we still experience revival today? I was in a church not too long ago and my wife and I were talk was talking to the pastor's wife about this very subject of revival. And the pastor's wife looked at us and said, You know, Brother Jeremy, I don't believe that we'll ever see another move of God, another revival like we have seen before in the past. And that really surprised me. That really took me back. Because here's a woman in a Pentecostal church in a leadership role that is saying, we won't experience the move of God like we used to. And if there's any time that we need revival, if there's any time right now on this day and in this age, we need revival. Because it's obvious. It's obvious when we look around us. It's obvious when we see what's going on in the world today. It's obvious when we see going on in our nation that the powers of darkness are advancing more and more upon the face of this earth, especially in America today. You don't have to be, you would have to be living under a rock to not know the things that are going on in our nation right now, with the things that have happened in New York State concerning uh, the, uh, the abortion issue. We need revival. Satan is trying to 
keep the church silent. John 10 and 10 says, The thief cometh not but to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But Jesus said, I come that you may have life and that you may have it more abundantly. We need revival. So the question is, can we experience revival today? Can the church experience revival? Can your homes experience revival? Can our nation, can America experience revival? I want to stop right here and right now and tell you with every fiber of my being that I believe wholeheartedly beyond a shadow of a doubt that we can still experience revival on a level that has never been experienced before. God will still pour out his spirit upon all flesh. We'll talk about that more here in a minute. But here's my concern, because I do have some concerns. I do have concerns about the issue of revival, especially in America right now. Because I'm afraid, I'm afraid too many Christians are dissatisfied with the way things are. I'm afraid that we're just simply satisfied with the fact that we're forgiven of our sins. Our names are recorded in the Lamb's Book of Life. And so we're on our way to heaven. And I thank God for that. But I believe that God has called us for so much more. For something greater than just us making it to heaven. I believe there's a lot of Christians today, living today, that they're just satisfied. They have taken their ease. They're satisfied with the way things are. And they have never learned to live as citizens of the kingdom through the Spirit's power. Because here's the thing. The Spirit has been made available. The Spirit has been made available to all who believe. Acts chapter 2 tells us plainly. Acts chapter 2 and verse 1 says, And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all in one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them clothing tongues like as a fire, and it sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them the utterance. On that day, on the day of Pentecost, as recorded in Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 4, God poured out His Spirit. And even like today, back then, there were those that didn't understand what was going on. The Bible says that some were amazed. Bible says some were in doubt. Others said, what meaneth this? Others even mocked and said, these men are filled with new wine. But I want you to listen to what the Apostle Peter said on that day. In Acts chapter 2 and verse 14, the Bible says, And Peter, standing up with the eleven, lifted up his voice and said unto them, Ye men of Judea and all that dwell at Jerusalem, be this known unto you, and hearken unto my words. For these are not drunken as you suppose, seeing as but the third hour of the day. 
But this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. But it shall come to pass in the last days, saith God. I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. And your old men shall dream dreams. And all my servants and all my handmaidens I will pour out in those days of my spirit. And they shall prophesy. So the spirit is given on the day of Pentecost. He even goes on to say this promise. Peter, looking at the crowd, says this promise is unto you, to your children, to those who are far off, and to as many as the Lord our God shall call. It's made available. The Spirit hasn't went away. The operation of the Spirit has not went away. The gifts of the Spirit have not went away. But here's my question. If they haven't went away, why do we not see revival as recorded in the book of Acts? Because at the end of Acts chapter 2, after the Apostle Peter preaches this message, thousands give their hearts and life to Christ. They are saved and they join the church. So why aren't we seeing that? I think it's simple. We don't ask for it. You know, the Bible says, ask and you shall receive. Jesus speaking said, ask and you shall receive. Seek and you shall find. Knock and the door shall be open. Because everyone who asks receives. To those who seek, find. And to those who knock, the door shall be open. And we use those scriptures a lot to talk about our needs, what we feel like that we want God to meet our needs for. We need a healing. We need a financial miracle. Those things are well and good. But Jesus, in, in speaking in reference to those scriptures, says that if men, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto their children, how much more will the Father Give unto them the Holy Spirit if they ask. And so I think we need to ask for revival. We need to ask for a move of God. We need to be hungry for a move of God. And I'm going to talk more about that here in just a minute. Because here's the thing. We're at the brink of a historic crossroads. Our nation, and I'm talking about America in general right now, we are at historic crossroads. That what we are getting ready, that the decisions that we make in just the days and weeks and months that are ahead are going to lead us into revival or they're going to lead us into ruin. I'm going to say that again wholeheartedly. You can write this down. You can flag this portion. You can edit it. You can do whatever that you need to do. But I believe that we are at a critical crossroads. I believe that we are at a critical crossroads in our nation and our churches in America. That what we do in the next little while is either going to bring us to revival or it is going to bring us to 
ruin. Because here's here's the thing. We don't need another conference. My goodness. We don't need somebody else coming in. We don't need another church growth conference. We don't need another you know, we don't need church growth experts to come in to teach us how to grow our churches. We don't need another traditional church service. We don't need another Sunday morning service where we come in, we come in and we sing a few songs and we go in, we get a nice little sermonette message and then we have a short time of prayer and then we go out and hopefully they'll come back next Sunday. We don't need another regular service. Because here's the thing. It's not working. Church, as usual, is not working. What we need, what we need is an awakening. We need an awakening. An awakening that says, God, we are hungry for you. God, we need you to move. God, we need you to pour out your spirit. 2 Chronicles 7 and 14 says it best. If my people, which are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face, God said, then I will hear from heaven. I will hear from heaven. I will forgive their sins. I will heal their land. We need an awakening. Look at church history. Look at Christian history. The thing that brought revival was an awakening of the need for God. Our need for God. How do we get there? I believe we need to get back to the art of tarrying for revival. Tarrying for a move of God. Tarrying in times of of prayer. That may sound like an old school term for some of you that may be listening to this podcast, but it simply means to wait. In Acts chapter 1, begin reading at verse 4. The Bible says, And being assembled together with them, Jesus commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, Ye shall, You have heard of me. For John truly baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. When they therefore were come together, verse 6, they asked of him, saying, Lord, wilt thou at this time restore again the kingdom to Israel? And he said unto them, Jesus speaking, It is not for you to know the time, times or the seasons which the Father hath put in his own power. Verse 8, But ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and into the uttermost part of the earth. But all of that hinges on what Jesus said in verse 4. When he said, wait for the promise. In Luke's gospel, I believe it is, he said, tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until you have been endued with power from on high. 
We have to get back to the art of tarrying again. We live in a fast-paced environment, church. We live in an environment where we, if the service goes past 12 o'clock, we get antsy and we say that that's just too long to sit in a church service. That's just too long. And most churches that I go into, as soon as the altar call is given, people are getting up and walking out the back door to get to their favorite restaurant. And we wonder why we're not seeing revival. We wonder why revival is not happening. In Acts, the Bible says that there were upwards to 500 on the Mount of Olives the day that Jesus spoke these words in Acts chapter 1 and ascended to the right hand of the Father. But by the time we get to Acts chapter 2, after he has given the command to tarry in the city of Jerusalem, the Bible says that there's only a hundred and twenty. Five hundred at the ascension, a hundred and twenty on the day of Pentecost. We have to get back to the art of tarrying for revival. And revival doesn't come with a five-minute prayer. Revival doesn't come with a 30-minute sermonette. Revival comes to people who are hungry for a move of God. Because God's not hesitant to send revival. I don't understand why, where we get the idea that God's not going to send revival. Like what I talked about at the very beginning here of this uh, of this teaching, you know that God will not send revival. We won't see God send another move of, you know, of the Spirit like we have seen in the past. God's not hesitant. God hasn't withdrawn His Spirit. God wants to pour out His Spirit upon all flesh, upon sons and daughters. God is not hesitant to send revival. He's looking for somebody that will be willing to partner with him. He's looking for somebody that is hungry for a move of God. He's looking for men and women that will lay hold of the promises of God. He's looking for people that will remain in agreement with him. Remain in agreement until an invisible promise becomes a visible promise. Fulfillment. I'm going to say that again. He's looking for people that'll partner with him, that'll lay hold of the promises, will remain in agreement with him until an invisible promise becomes a visible fulfillment. We won't see it in just a few seconds. But it takes tarrying on our knees. Prayer, or excuse me, revival comes on the heels of prayer. Revival comes on the heels of prayer. So how do we experience this revival? You say, Brother Jeremy, I believe what you're saying. I want to see what you are talking about. I want to see revival I want to see souls saved. I want to see signs and wonders follow them that believe. I want to see what the Bible described in the book of Acts. How does that happen? Here's how I believe that happens. I want to give you four quick things 
about this. Number one, we must be hungrier than our history. I'll say that again. We must be hungrier than our history. We can't simply just be talking all the time about the good old days. We can't simply be talking about how things used to be. If you continually live in the past, you will die. If you continually live, if you lived off of what you ate six months ago, you would die. Same thing applies in the spiritual. I can't live on yesterday's miracle. I can't live on the revival of 50 years ago. We need a fresh outpouring of the Spirit of God today. And we must be hungrier for that than we are about reminiscing about our history. Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. We have to be hungry. How hungry are you for this? Number two, we must be willing to get uncomfortable. Now, if you're like me, you don't like that. I don't like to be uncomfortable. I don't like to be in situations that make me feel uncomfortable. A lot of times uncomfortableness comes with change. And sometimes in order to experience revival, we have to be willing to change. We have to be willing to get uncomfortable. We have to be willing to move outside of what we know. Be willing to move outside of everything that, we, that is comfortable to us. And allow God to move how he wants. And here's the thing. When true revival comes, it does make people uncomfortable. Because we start experiencing things that we have never experienced before. And so you have to be willing to get uncomfortable. You have to be willing to be uncomfortable. Allow God to work how he needs to work. Pastors, listen to me. Don't feel like that you always have to be in control. Don't feel like that you always have to be in control of what is going on. And anything outside of the ordinary can't happen. Now listen to me carefully. In my hand, I hold the Word of God. If it doesn't line up with the Word of God, we do not have to accept it. You know, I don't have to accept an experience that is not validated by the Word of God. I'm not talking about strange fire. I'm not talking about Pentecostal goofiness, as I, as I like to call it. But I'm talking about allowing God to work the way he wants to work. Allow God to mess up your schedule. Allow God to mess up your church. Take God outside of the box and allow yourself to be uncomfortable. Number three, we must build cultures that accommodate the Holy Spirit. I'll say that again in case you're taking notes. 
We need to build cultures that accommodate the Holy Spirit. We have this term now that in church cultures that is called seeker sensitive. We want people to feel comfortable. We want people to feel at ease when they come into our churches. Nothing necessarily wrong with that. But here's what I believe. I believe instead of being seeker sensitive, we need to be spirit sensitive. We need to be Holy Spirit sensitive. In Zechariah, the Bible said, Now hear the word of the Lord, O Zerubbabel. It is not by might. It is not by power. But it is by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. Revival comes because we make room for the Spirit of God. We build cultures that accommodate the Spirit. Pastors, teachers, evangelists, allow the Holy Spirit access into your services. Accommodate the Holy Spirit. Sometimes that brings interruption. But we need to build cultures that accommodate the Holy Spirit. And finally, fourth, delay does not mean denial. I know people that have been praying for revival for a while. Genuine men and women of God that have been seeking the face of God for revival. And sometimes it's easy to get discouraged because we're not seeing the fruit of that yet. We don't see the the fruit of that. As a matter of fact, instead of our churches exploding with revival, it seems like that things are getting worse and worse in our churches and in our nation. But I want to tell you something. Delay is not denial. The Bible says that whatever a man sows, that shall he also reap. So if you're sowing the seeds for revival, you are going to reap the benefits of those seeds. The Bible says, Be not weary in well-doing, for in due season you shall reap if you faint not. So I want to encourage my pastors. I want to encourage you right now. You may seem like that you're in a dry season right now, You may seem like that you're in a desert place right now and you've been asking God, God, I am asking you, I'm begging you, Lord, to send revival, to send revival to my home. God, send revival to my church. And you haven't seen the fruit of that yet. But I want to tell you this, it is coming. It is coming. Do not give up. God's delay is not denial. Because I personally believe, one more time, those who are hungry and thirsty for a move of God in these last days will experience it. I believe that God is going to pour out His Spirit upon all flesh. And those that are hungry will experience a revival like this world, like this nation has never seen before. So to answer the question on this teaching, Revival. Can we have it today? The answer, unequivocally, is yes. Revival can still happen.
I hope you're praying for revival. I hope that you are wanting revival in your life. I'm hoping that you want revival. Listen, I've enjoyed doing this first teaching, this first initial teaching. I want you to subscribe to this podcast. Hit the subscribe button that way so that you do not miss a week of teaching on this. Because I believe that we're going to grow together, that we're going to enter into a new season of harvest, of revival in our lives. I believe that God is wanting to do great things in your life. Before we close, I want to say a word of prayer with you before we close here tonight. Heavenly Father, I thank you, Lord, for those that are listening to this podcast right now. God, I thank you for giving us the opportunity to go out over these sound waves, over these airwaves, Lord God, to allow people to hear the gospel of the Lord, of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And Father, right now, I know that there are those that are listening to this, they are hungry for revival. They may feel like that they are in a place where they need revival. Father, I believe that you are able to pour out your spirit right now upon their lives. Your word said that blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Father, I'm asking you right now to send revival. Send revival to our homes. Send revival to our families. Send revival to our nation. Send revival to our church. And Father, we'll never cease to give you the praise and the glory and the honor for it all. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And amen. Listen, I hope you've enjoyed this teaching. We're going to be back we're going to be back next week with a brand new teaching. Leave me a comment. Comment, tell me what you think about this. Uh find me on Facebook, Jeremy Cook. I'm on Facebook. Just look me uh just look me up. We would love to hear from you. We'd love to hear how we can improve this podcast. It'll be it'll be an improvement coming. Hit that subscribe button. I look forward to hearing from you and I believe that your new season is just ahead. God bless.